2: NBCRadioNews.com.
3: It's time for NBC Radio News on KCAA Loma Linda. Brought to you by Green Kong Dispensary, the Inland Empire's finest curated medical and recreational dispensary. Google GreenKong.com. The symbol of power and majesty. The gorilla, feared and respected. Our closest animal cousin believed to possess human-like depth and understanding. Green Kong Cannabis Dispensary of Paris aspires to develop the same understanding. Green Kong is a destination, a personal experience with great service for everyone. Located right off the 215 Freeway and Hurley-Knox Road in Paris, Green Kong is safe, legal, and easy. Visit GreenKong.com for orders. You must be 21. Green Kong is the place for you. Experience Green Kong's exotic surroundings in their jungle-like setting. Bathed in soothing light, Green Kong is a go-to destination for the CBD or cannabis curious or the connoisseur. Google GreenKong.com or visit Green Kong's brand new, exciting new location in Paris, California. California headline news a suspect in custody reportedly being treated at a hospital after opening fire at Saugus High School in Santa Clarita this morning the shooting occurring just as many students were arriving
2: we were with all of our friends and we heard the gunshots and we just were like let's go like let's run so we all like ran through the field we went through the gate because it was open and then we had to go underneath the pipeline like so we literally crawled underneath the pipeline
3: several students injured two reportedly in critical condition one student has now died the suspect believed to be a student at that school more than a dozen people arrested in a counterfeit Apple product scheme, nine arrested in San Diego, one in San Francisco, the scheme involving exchanging fake for genuine items at Apple stores. Our
0: investigation revealed that the defendants traveled to Apple stores in more than 50 states and attempted to exchange more than 10,000 counterfeit iPhones and numerous iPads for genuine iPhones and iPads. U.S. Attorney Robert Brewer, Vice President Mike Pence spending another day in the state, speaking in Silicon Valley, Joe Biden
3: in Los Angeles for a speech at the LA Trade Technical College. Jeff Scott, California News.
4: I'm Dr. Bob Arnott and I treat pain with Salon pause. Before you take anything for back or joint pain, I recommend applying topical pain relievers first, like Salon Pause Lidocaine Patch. Salon Pause Lidocaine contains the maximum strength lidocaine available without a prescription. It blocks pain receptors, providing effective, long-lasting, and non-addictive relief. Also available in roll-on or cream. Look for the silver Salon pause box in the pain relief aisle. Salon pause, it's good medicine.
2: You're
3: home after a long day, preparing dinner, when...
1: Ew! What's that? It smells like rotten eggs.
3: That might be a natural gas leak.
1: It can't be. We don't have any natural gas appliances.
3: Even if you don't use natural gas, that rotten egg odor could be a sign of a leak in your neighborhood. Because gas lines can be buried anywhere.
1: Shut up.
3: No, speak up. If you ever suspect a leak, leave immediately and call 911
0: and Southwest Gas.
3: Thanks, Deep Voice narrator.
0: You're very welcome. NBC News Radio. I'm Tom Roberts. At least one of the victims in today's school shooting in Santa Clarita, California, is dead. A local hospital says one female patient has died as a result of her injuries at Saugus High School, but this mother is just glad her son is safe.
1: Just knowing that some kids were shot is really horrifying for those families.
0: President Trump is monitoring developments in the Southern California school shooting. Spokesman Judd Deere says the White House is urging all those in the area to follow the advice of local law enforcement and first responders. Speaker Nancy Pelosi calls the first House impeachment hearing a successful day for truth. At the Capitol today, Pelosi said witnesses highlighted President Trump's abuse of power in the Ukraine scandal. Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and Senator Bernie Sanders are unveiling a new tenant of the Green New Deal that focuses on public housing. They want units decarbonized. Tom Roberts, NBC News Radio.
3: Hi, this is Todd from the Flip Flop Investor Show. Join us every Thursday at 4 p.m. where we talk about real estate investments here in the Inland Empire. Before you go to a real estate seminar, come check out our Real Estate Investment Club that meets at the Mission Inn in Riverside every fourth Wednesday. Find out more on our weekly show at 4 p.m. Thursdays right here on KCAA 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Here's a great place for something special. It's Porter's Prime Steakhouse in Ontario's Doubletree Hotel. The perfect place for dinner with friends or business clients. Enjoy their delicious U.S. prime beef or their wonderful seafood. You'll be happy with the different choices of tasty treats. Call 909-418-4808. Prime Steakhouse in the Doubletree Hotel at 222 North Vineyard in Ontario. That number again is 909-418-4808.
0: ACAA. Are you ready for a new experience?
2: To see life from another point of view. New hope. New expression. New joy. This is your radio hour. Welcome to Viewpoint with Father John.
5: And welcome, friends. You are tuned to KCAA Radio, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, or on the World Wide Web at kcaaradio.com. This is Viewpoint with Father John, and I am your host, Father John Reed. By the way, you can follow this show on Instagram and Facebook. Just put in Viewpoint with Father John, and you can send us emails you can communicate back and forth you can see some of the videos i put on instagram to help give some inspiration also if you miss a show you can go to youtube just put in viewpoint with father john kcaa and you will get all the shows after they have aired all of god's children are endowed with extraordinary purpose and ability i'm on a quest to help as many as possible in fully realizing their divinely inspired potential Disposing a false narrative and embracing genuineness inspires clarity of purpose. My role is to help overcome self-imposed limitations in realizing one's spiritual potential. And friends, I want to tell you about a great place in Claremont called Claremont Pharmacy. It's on the corner of Indian Hill Boulevard and Arrow Highway, owned by Dr. Nikki Ho. She's the best pharmacist you will find anywhere in Southern California. She handles all my prescriptions. I'll tell you what, since I took all my diabetic prescriptions over there, my A1C has been great because I never run out of medications. She lets me know when it's time to come pick them up, and it's always friendly service. So when you go over there, tell Dr. Nikki that Father John sent you. You'll really be glad that you went. And also, there's some stuff going on in the news tonight that with great sadness. And It is with wounded heart I share this with you. We had another school shooting today here in our lovely state of California, and I mean that sincerely, I really love our state. Saugus High School was a victim of more gun violence. And we gotta get out of who's right and get into what's right. Look, we can't solve this by symptom treating and pointing fingers at each other. We gotta get down to causes and conditions. And we can't do that by going around blaming other people. What we need to do is come together as a community. We have wounded people wounding other people. And so we're all in this together. So I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, it's not important. Remember, we're Americans first, and we're human beings first. Not only were the students injured, the whole community is injured. Now there's going to be families burying children that they shouldn't have to do funeral services for. And they didn't get up this morning thinking this would happen. So I I humbly asked you not just to pray, do pray, but in addition to pray, why don't we come together, have some community dialogue. Let's fix this thing. We can, you know. God has given us what we need to make this work, but we have to pick up the tools and use them. And we can't fix it while we're pointing our fingers at somebody else we have to step up and say, what healing can I bring to the situation? And part of that is just bringing love and seeing what we can do to say, okay, you can't hurt one without hurting all. And so by healing one, we also heal all. So i just like for you to keep that in your mind. On a more positive note, I'm very excited tonight. I have a dear friend of mine, one of my heroes, uh, Father Gene Wallace, he's an Episcopalian priest, or as we call it, Catholic light. All the ritual have to guilt.
4: <laughs>
5: he, he's actually very reverend, if I'm correct. Would that be your correct title as canon? Very reverend. Yes, it would. And um, but he has a lot of great insights, and I always enjoy my conversations with him. And we had him on last year at this time because he offers wonderful insights into the season of Lent, which surprisingly most Christians don't know what. What uh, Advent's about? I said Linton,
4: didn't I? Yes, you did, Father. I,
5: I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I, I came from the dryer, and there was Linton. I'm sorry. Yeah. See, I don't know if I'm coming or going. <laughs> and so, and so, I know where you're going. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, me too. If I keep that up, I'll be in Compton soon. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, Compton. Anyhow, <clears throat> what we're going to talk about um, Advent, which would be advantageous for us to do. I'm sorry, I just had to do it because so many Christians really don't have a clue what this is about. You know, they get their advent calendar. They know there's, if you pull the thing, there's going to be a little piece of chocolate or something behind it with a Bible verse. But there's a real purpose for this season. This isn't just getting ready for Christmas. And it's not just a time to go shopping or something to do between Thanksgiving and Christmas. There's very spiritual principles to it. And when understood, they're life-changing. See, we're called to participate with God and advent for me and then i'll let father gene talk about this is an invitation inviting us to something bigger than ourselves something brighter than ourselves that at the same time we're part of as well so we're not on the outside looking in we're actually seeing reflection because at some point in our spirituality if we truly understand the principles of of what jesus has given us really what we're looking for we're looking with and so advent season is a kind of a way of preparing ourselves for the great reveal if i may so having said that father gene please say hello
4: well father john thank you so much it's wonderful to be back with you again And I add my heartfelt prayers for the families and all those who are suffering this evening, this terrible shooting. And it's really quite remarkable because this evening, I'm sure, we'll have lots of laughs with each other and we'll exchange uh, some pleasantries and talk about things that uh, make us feel good. Mm -hmm. But behind all of it is, of course, this uh, ever ongoing uh, reality of the suffering that we all must endure in one capacity or another. And uh, so we're talking about the season of Advent this year, this time together, this evening, and I'm thinking to myself, because it's been difficult to prepare, because my heart is very, very troubled with what's going on, and I'm saying to myself, you know, part of part of what the season of Advent is about is is the mystery of why we're here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Advent oftentimes is uh, confused with Lent. Right. Uh, I did it earlier. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did, didn't you? But I'm old. (laughs) I have an excuse. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, A lot of people think that, uh, well, Advent is just a little mini Lent. And it's not a mini Lent. Uh, Advent is a time for us to consider the question, why are we here? Mm-hmm. It raises the question of the mystery of time, uh, the question of our own time in this world, the, the number of years that we have. What are, what are we supposed to get done while we're here? What are the questions we're supposed to ask? What, what do we believe that uh, put into action will make a difference in this world? Mm-hmm. And so I thought tonight it would be interesting to talk about the season of Lent. Uh, from a, Advent. Did I I did it, didn't I? It's contagious. You started this with me. <laughs> um,
5: <laughs> oh, sure, blame me. Yeah.
4: Yeah, the, I thought we could Everyone talk blames about uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought we could talk about Advent uh, uh, from the pastoral point of view because we have pastoral hearts. Yes. I was thinking just before the show tonight, I've been in pastoral ministry for over 40 years.
2: Goodness.
4: I, I'm just amazed. I, I actually wrote it down and and figured out the math and I said For over 40 years, I've been Father Gene to so many people. And I have loved being a priest all these years. It's uh, something that started in me when I was eight years old. Uh, It was truly a calling, and I have never, ever thought about doing anything else Mm. with my life, ever. And so I, like yourself, have been in a lot of situations dealing with people with their issues and their questions and their pain and their heartaches and their celebrations. And so I I thought tonight, you know, we could just draw a little bit on our pastoral experience. Cool. And um, I thought also I might share with you uh, what I go through as a pastor to prepare for a particular season. So we're talking about Advent. Uh, So before we begin, uh getting into all of that i'd like to start with a special quote Uh, i keep this quote nearby because i think it uh, goes to the heart of what it means to be a faithful pastor this is from the great uh, roman catholic uh, spiritual
5: every
0: day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling Agents answer the call, working
5: together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers
4: Our Director and theologian Henry Nowen. Oh, one of my favorites. Uh, Nowen said, when we honestly ask ourselves which person in our lives means the most to us, we often find that it is those who, instead of giving advice, solutions, or cures, it is those who have chosen rather to share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand.
5: Does that come from the wounded healer?
4: Uh, you know, I don't, it, it's not here, but it sure sounds like it's something right out of the wounded healer. Um, he, he's one of
5: my heroes. Yes,
4: absolutely, mine too. Uh, so uh, I'd like to start just to talk a little bit about uh, the theme in Advent, which is mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are mysteries. Uh, in one sense, we don't know why we were here, why we are here. Uh The whole existence of life is a mystery. Why is it here? We do lots of wonderful things with it. We do good things with it. We do terrible things, too. Uh, But the mystery behind it all, uh, a matter of fact, one of the uh, wonderful prayers of the Episcopal Church and of of the general Catholic uh, tradition is to say the mystery of light is incarnated at Christmas, uh, meaning Jesus Uh, And so we talk about mystery, but we have to talk about mystery in a way that makes sense because it has to affect our behavior. It has to affect the way we go about doing our lives. So as a pastor, uh, before a season begins, uh, I sit down with the lessons that will be read on the four Sundays of Advent, and I uh, look for themes, I look for... uh, Uh, scripture passages that would be a nice bridge to uh, direct human experience, you know, what's going on in our lives, what is it like for you in your life, Uh, because uh, it doesn't matter what we know. If it doesn't apply to what we experience, it's not worth it. It's got to have heart to it. Yes. It's got to have heart to it. So, um, uh, t- so for tonight, I'd like to look through each of the not in depth, of course, but each of the passages in the four Sundays of Advent from the Gospel passages. Good. And this uh, this year, the Gospel is uh, uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Um, we don't have enough time tonight to talk about how the lectionary is put together and how the liturgical year is put together. Uh, But it's enough to say that in a particular liturgical season, there is always a gospel that is featured. And so for the upcoming uh, season of Advent, that gospel will be the Gospel of Matthew. So the passage of time and how will this story end? I don't know how this story ends. Uh, I don't know how the story of my life will end, but I have the belief to uh, to think that it will end with purpose. Yes. And that's what we want to encourage people to uh, achieve in their lives. That they know that they have achieved purpose. Right. And achieving purpose doesn't just happen. It's a discipline. You have to be willing to learn, you have to be willing to taught, and you have to be willing to live through what life gives you. Right. Life isn't always pleasant. That's right. As as we both know. I mean, there are some terrible things that end up on our plates, and we ask. How in the world am I gonna deal with this?
5: Absolutely. Well, speaking about things that are always unpleasant during life, we're at our first commercial break. Oh my goodness, already. So (laughs) yes, the time flies when you when you throw an alarm clock. So you are listening to Viewpoint with Father John. My guest this evening is Father Gene Wallace, and we will be back in two and two.
3: KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292 FQ Riverside, and K293 CF Moreno Valley. Here's a great place for something special. It's Porter's Prime Steakhouse in Ontario's Doubletree Hotel. The perfect place for dinner with friends or business clients. Enjoy their delicious U.S. prime beef or their wonderful seafood. You'll be happy with the different choices of tasty treats. Call 909-418-4808. Porter's Prime Steakhouse in the Doubletree Hotel at 222 North Vineyard in Ontario. That number again is 909-418-4808 eight
2: the loss of a loved one is one of the most challenging experiences in a person's life it's hard to know where to turn to make your loved one's final arrangements jesse ruiz at personal funeral planning in ontario will treat you and your loved one with the respect you deserve jesse served in the marine corps in desert storm and understands what it takes to provide loyal personalized and empathetic service to those who need it most the families of Michael Jackson, Britney Murphy, Ed McMahon, and many others have trusted Jesse to provide them with the highest level of service and support. To work with Jesse call 909-762-4027, 909-762-4027 or visit their website www4 pfporg number www.thenumber4pfp as in personal funeral Jesse Ruiz and Personal Funeral Planning. Veteran-owned and operated, helping you plan a personal, lasting tribute for your loved one. www.4pfp.org.
5: And welcome back here. tuned to KCAA Radio, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, Or you can listen from anywhere in the world at kcaaradio.com. This is Viewpoint with Father John. I am your host, Father John Reed. And before we get back into our program, I want to give a quick shout out to the best sound engineer in all the Inland Empire. Hey, Frank, how are you?
3: That's quite a title you gave me there, Father John. Thank you.
5: It's okay. I mean, (laughs) I probably won't remember in five minutes from now, but yeah.
3: (laughs) Um, I'm doing well. Thank you.
5: No, that's great. That's great. And uh, uh, how does, how's the little critters doing?
3: They're all good. Uh, my birds and my cats are doing along great, which I actually mean that, which is kind of weird. But I'm a little nervous because Jabber likes to run <coughs> on the floor now, and he jumps off his cage onto the floor, and then the cats are, like, nervous, like... Intrigued by him, so
5: whenever Gabby opens my cage door, I jump out too. <laughs> so, so it's good. I, I always admire Frank. He really does have cats and birds, and they really do get along. So it's amazing. He's either I think he's part Doctor Doolittle and part Saint Francis, but he has it all going on. So Frank, thanks for everything you do. And you. I, again, my guest this evening is um, the uh, very Reverend Father Gene Wallace. He's a good friend of mine. And by the way, I don't know if I explained this in the first segment. But he's what's called a canon in the uh, Episcopalian Church, which would be the same as Monsignor in the Roman Catholic Church or Archpriest in the Eastern Orthodox faith. And so every once in a while, if you hear me refer to him as canon, that's why. I'm not saying because he's a blast to be around uh, or he's explosive, but (laughs) but it's his actual title. And not everyone understands the title. So he'd be known as very reverend on paper that's how it'd be listed not that he wanted you to know all that because he didn't but i I just whenever i i learn new things about other churches which i learned that years ago but right now everything seems brand new so 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 when we left we're starting to talk about the putting together from the the uh, liturgical calendar we're in matthew and you're going to give us some thoughts on readings for advent
4: yes yes father john and before we we do that Uh, uh, As I was sharing with you earlier, I've been in ministry for over 40 years, and in all of those years, uh, I have never asked anybody to call me anything other than Gene, which is my name. But uh, somehow it just naturally played out that all these years I've been Father Gene. Yeah, And I just love it, you know, I, I love it when uh, people light up uh, and give me a wonderful hug and say, oh, Father Jean." <laughs> it just, you know, it just feels so good to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as, as you uh, know as well as I do, being a pastor, we find ourselves in some very difficult situations sometimes yes. because we hear terrible stories. People get themselves into situations that are, are really heartbreaking, yes. and they don't necessarily know how they get there. And, and so any time I prepare a sermon, uh, I don't prepare a sermon to uh, convey knowledge alone. Sure. Or, or historical relevance or whatever. Um, I, I, all of that's important. Uh, but what I care about is, is this going to touch the person in the pew and make it possible for that person to deal with the reality in her or his life? Right. Uh, that's the bottom line for me. Yes. And that's all I really care about. Will it help the person deal with her or his reality? And another thing that's very, very important to me, I'm a a Christian pastor, obviously, um, but every time I preach, I preach as though I'm preaching to all of the religions of the world. uh, uh, because, Because I believe that it's our humanity that holds us together. Uh, The way we shape that and the intellectual convictions that result in different faith traditions, that's all very well and good. But at the very bottom line of it all, we all are very much the same. And so when I preach, I try to preach in a way that will uh, uh, cement our common humanity. So that the person sitting in the pews says to her himself, I know I'm listening to a real human being. Uh, this, this man has gone through what I've gone through. Right. Uh, and where appropriate, I'm not even embarrassed to talk about my own uh, life. I, I've had some terrible things happen in my life of my own doing. Sure. And I've had to deal with that, and I've had to be honest with that. I've had to be honest with myself and honest with others around me. There have been consequences, and I've lived up to them, and I've come out to be a better person for it. But I couldn't become that better person if I hadn't learned certain principles. Yes. And so it's, it's those kind of principles that I'd like to talk just a little bit about tonight based on uh, the lessons uh, that we'll be looking at in Advent. Beautiful. On the first Sunday of Advent, we're going to hear Jesus say, About that day and hour, no one knows. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day the Lord is coming. And some Christians interpret that to think about the actual literal second coming of Jesus. Right. And if that's how they want to interpret those words, that's fine with me. Uh, But what stands out to me is that uh, uh, point that Jesus makes, you don't know the hour. I might be dead before this day is over. Yes. It's quite possible. We just have no certainty. And the, uh, the great burden, or the, uh, the, the great affliction, I should say, that uh, almost every person experiences at one point or another is the uh, affliction of complacency. Mm. See, when Jesus says, you don't know the hour, that doesn't mean that you have forever. True. The hour will come. Right, and uh, the problem is, uh, in my interaction with people over the years, one of the greatest stumbling blocks is their complacency. Mm-hmm. They they don't recognize that their security is not all that secure. Wow! Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You you can lose everything in a moment. Yes, you can. And and that actually like these poor families today so so if you are a complacent person you will not have the spiritual mental and emotional reserves to deal with the tragedy that's been dealt you
5: yes that's true Yeah,
4: you just won't and so uh on this very first sunday of advent Uh, using Jesus' words, uh, we're asked to think about this evil of complacency and to look at our own lives and say, okay, well, where am I being complacent? Uh, Where am I taking things for granted? Uh, uh, How am I taking people for granted? Those who love me, do I take them for granted? Uh, and, And so often we get complacent and say, well, that's just who they are. They love me. I mean, they put a meal on my table every night. I, I get used to it. I forget mm. to say thank you. Right. I, I forget to, uh, to remember not to take this for granted. So Yes. So complacency for me, I, I, I have dealt with this my entire pastoral life of seeing people fall into complacency. And then when things go wrong, they say, why me? Mm. Why did this happen to me? Yes. And uh, it falls to the pastor in a very kind and loving way to say, well, why not you?
2: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit
1: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Yeah, and
5: that can sometimes sound harsh and it's really not. Yeah, you know, I come here, an early spiritual director of mine, when we talk about life being fair, and he said, if you want fair, it's in Pomona once a year.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah.
5: Otherwise, life is random. Mm-hmm. Each of us are going to have things we walk through. It's not a punishment. My experience has been everything we go through, rather than being a punishment, it's meant to pull us closer to God. And it's always pulling us in one direction, which is closer to God's. And I think sometimes in the Christian faith, people get an idea of an angry God. And that's Mm. not the God that I came to understand through Jesus. Mm -hmm. It was one, you know, many of us have said this dozens of times that Jesus didn't come to change God's mind about us, but to change our mind about Jesus, Mm -hmm. about God.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
5: And and so doing, we had a, a, a capricious God at that time uh a god that you're always having to appease according to the general rule about gods not just the uh hebrew god and this teaching was something new saying no this is a god that's always reaching out to us trying to pull us close and it's that in the hebrew bible as well i mean instead of punishment i will love you so much you won't be able to stand what you're doing i'm paraphrasing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. yeah i i I totally concur
4: yeah 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 so um uh, I, I, I like the fact that Advent begins with this admi- admonition of you don't know the hour. It's a wake up call. Yes. And so, this idea of waking up to what matters, uh, what uh, makes life worthwhile, uh, what makes the passage of time uh, uh, be filled with such purpose uh, that even though we don't know, know the mystery of our existence, uh, we believe uh, that if we contribute to the to the building up of the goodness of life, we've participated in a mystery that's greater than ourselves we've contributed yes. love we've contributed service kindness uh, uh, a sense of compassion you cannot you cannot experience those wonderful qualities if you're a complacent person that's true there is no such thing as A happy, complacent person. Mm. They might think they're happy, but they're not.
5: Boy, that's quite a statement. Could you say that one more time?
4: Well, um, I'm even starting to think to myself, do you really mean that, Gene? And I think, yes, absolutely, I do. I I said, there's no such thing as a happy, complacent person. Yes. Uh, A complacent person is a person who has lost sight of the goals of life.
5: And there's a difference between being complacent and being content. Those are two different oh, things. Oh,
4: huge. huge. And really I, I think
5: sometimes people get that confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be quite content but not be complacent.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the fact that we have no idea when we're going to be called on to do something noble.
5: That's true. You know, that's funny. I uh, I just put a post on Facebook, I believe it was yesterday, that God, surprisingly, or most often uh, uses the most unlikely people to do God's greatest work because God's not interested in our ability but rather our availability.
4: Ah, yes. Yeah. I'll guarantee you, uh, and I'm preaching to the uh, church here, but I'll guarantee <laughs> you, uh, no, preaching to the choir is what the, is it? is. I'll guarantee you, there were many noble people involved in this shooting today in the response to this shooting. Yes. Uh, because the goodness of people comes out. Uh, and unfortunately, <laughs> a, a, a terrible tragedy like this is sometimes what it takes to uh, just get us out of our complacency. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a complacent person wastes time day after day after day, and we don't have a single day to waste, don't waste a moment, and that's what Jesus is saying when he when he talks about you do not know the hour. So that's what's going to happen on the first Sunday of Advent, and then on the second Sunday of Advent we run into John the Baptist. Yes, and uh, of course John the Baptist uh, was always attacking the religious establishment, mostly the Pharisees and Sadducees and the priests of the temple and. And uh, so in this particular uh, uh, scripture that we're going to read, uh, John again attacks the Pharisees and the Sadducees and basically says to them, why do you think that you are cut above the others? Right. And, boy, that really makes you stop and think because how many times have we ourselves felt that we're superior to somebody else. Yes. Well, you might do it that way, but that's not the way we do it. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, us and them.
5: Oh, yeah, I, I remember the story of the Baptist and the Methodist ministers. They're, they're both in the latrine, as we say, in polite company, and, and you know, they're the jogging back and forth with religions, and, and, uh, and they're going back and forth about who really is doing it the right way. And the Methodist says to the Baptists, Well, you believe your way, we'll believe his way. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, very good.
4: Well, another story along that same line is um, uh, about the missionaries who went west uh, in this country. Uh, The Baptists walked, the Methodists rode horseback, and the Episcopalians waited for the train. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, that's
5: because they had a one-track mind <laughs>
4: <laughs> so anyway in Advent 2 we're going to talk about us in them and feelings of superiority and why do you feel that certain people are not welcome in our midst yes. uh, why, why do you think the church is an elite society uh, that because of somebody's uh, particular belief or somebody's uh, uh, orientation or uh, political persuasion that they are not uh, invited into our midst. And more times than not, this kind of prejudice is not a spoken prejudice. Right. It's an unspoken prejudice. Sort of like those who are in the know know. Those are not our kind. Right.
5: Which Jesus definitely went against if you read the 25th chapter of Matthew, speaking of Matthew, the goats and the sheep, and and, uh, the ones that thought they were the in crowd, you know, what you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done unto me, what you haven't done unto the least of one of these you haven't done to me,
4: Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and to give the short version
5: of it. yeah, yeah. So I I absolutely concur with what you're sharing there.
4: So the second Sunday of Advent is the uncomfortable Sunday. Mm. Uh, The first Sunday... Uh, people sitting in the pew saying, well, I know we shouldn't be complacent. And they'll go home and they'll continue to be complacent. <laughs> uh, but in the second Sunday, a pastor who is um, uh, true to the convictions of the, of the passage has to rattle some cages. Yes. You know, uh, you, you, uh, 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 now, there are all kinds of ways of doing this, of course, and you shouldn't be aggressive for the sake of being ag- aggressive, but you should at least be willing... Uh, to speak the truth in such a way that you run the risk of making people uncomfortable. Yes. You, you just have to do that. That's part of what it means to be a person of faith, whether you're a Christian, Jew, or Muslim, uh, or whatever tradition. Sure. Yeah, speaking the truth is always uncomfortable
5: and rather unpopular.
4: Very unpopular. Very unpopular.
5: As I say, if you going to follow Jesus, you better look good on wood. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how we're doing on time. but uh, We have
5: uh, three minutes before the next commercial break.
4: Okay. Uh, well, we've got two more chapters, so why don't we save those for the uh, next uh, segment, and uh, <laughs> maybe we could talk a little bit more uh, about this, this uh, sense of the challenging gospel. Yes. Uh, So many times people feel uh, that the role of uh, the church or the synagogue or the mosque is to make me comfortable. Yes. After all, I pay a tithe, (laughs) which for most people means I put a dollar in the plate. Uh, A tithe is is 10%.
5: You heard the story about the, the bills that were getting ready to be shredded at the end of their life, and the $20 bill talks about, Where he went, went to Paris, went to Disneyland, went to to, uh, Knott's Berry Farm, all these different places. And the five said, yes, I went to a lot of restaurants, a lot of coffee shops, and then the dollar bills. They looked at him and said, what would you do? He says, went to church, went to church, (laughs) went (laughs) to church. Yes, absolutely. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there there is a wonderful phrase that St. Paul uses, speaking the truth in love. Yes, It's very very difficult to do that. It's the challenge for every preacher uh, to speak the truth, but speak it in love. Uh, but we have to run this risk of being willing uh, to make people uncomfortable, uh, because how else are people going to be challenged? How yes. else are, are they going to uh, be motivated to say, you know, maybe I do need to take a look at my life?
5: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're just coming up to the break, but before we do, I, I want to share a story of uh, an old friend of mine, Dr. Luis Yaglua. How's that for a
4: name? Right? Boy, that's quite a name. Oh, I loved it. Yeah.
5: And, uh, but he was very inspirational to me, I, and he was of a, one of the Protestant churches, and I had been there this Sunday morning when he got up to uh, preach. It was one of the finest sermons I've ever heard, mm. and it makes your point. He said in his homily, When I got up this morning, I asked myself a question for which I had no answer, upon which I come to present to you that together we will share together and find the answer as a community. He says, the question I asked myself when I woke up this morning is, who's God? What's God? And what I realized is, I don't know. And so I bring that to you. Instead of telling you what you should believe, I'm inviting you for us to discover God together, sharing our experiences together, and then we will all be able to experience who is God. That afternoon, they fired him. They couldn't take it. it, it I was on fire. It was so wonderful.
4: Mm-hmm, but
5: mm-hmm. He, he told me, he says, I'm the only minister I know that's paid to not speak. They bought out a three-year contract, wrote out them a check, and said, go and don't come back. <laughs>
4: oh, my word. Oh, my word.
5: And he challenged us. So, well, speaking of challenge, Frank is looking through the glass at me like he's going to challenge me with a with a barbed wire if I don't go to commercial break. So you're listening to Viewpoint with Father John. My guest this evening is Father Gene Wallace, and we'll be back after a couple of commercials.
3: Friends on an amazing journey to find magic in everyday life at Sesame Street Live. Make your magic from baking cookies with Cookie Monster to creating shadows with Big Bird to growing flowers with Abby. Almo learns that magic is everywhere. Sing, dance, and celebrate at Sesame Street Live. Make your magic. Tickets on sale now, coming to the LA area November 5th through 10th. For tickets and show details, visit sesamestreetlive.com.
2: The loss of a loved one is one of the most challenging experiences in a person's life. It's hard to know where to turn to make your loved one's final arrangements. Jesse Ruiz at Personal Funeral Planning in Ontario will treat you and your loved one with the respect you deserve. Jesse served in the Marine Corps in Desert Storm and understands what it takes to provide loyal, personalized and empathetic service to those who need it most. The families of Michael Jackson, Brittany Murphy, Ed McMahon, and many others have trusted Jesse to provide them with the highest level of service and support. To work with Jesse call 909-762-4027, 909-762-4027 or visit their website www4 pfporg number www.thenumber4pfp as in personal funeral Jesse Ruiz and Personal Funeral Planning. Veteran-owned and operated, helping you plan a personal, lasting tribute for your loved one. www.4pfp.org
5: and welcome back friends you are tuned to KCAA Radio 1050 AM 102.3 FM 106.5 FM or you can listen from anywhere around this beautiful globe of ours at www.kcaaradio.com. radio.com this is Viewpoint with Father John I'm your host Father John Reed and just a reminder this is a listener supported program so if you'd like to help support this program you can go to www.viewpointwithfatherjohn.com and give what you give we really appreciate some of you who've been contributing to the show i'm really grateful for it you keep a little gas in my car and get me here on the week and you keep us on the air so i'm really grateful to you uh again my guest this week is uh father gene wallace and and we're talking about advent and the spirit of it and the lessons to be taken from it so for anyone who hasn't really grasped what advent is about this is a good time to do this and and um Uh, I'm loving the examples we're hearing. I want to make one point before we go back into it, Father Gene. You know, we're talking about complacency and stuff like that. I'm dyslexic. I see things backwards. True Mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. Which is sometimes a real advantage. I can remember being in seminary, and because I see things backwards, at one point it became very apparent to me that the word evil is is live spelled backwards. And so evil is anything that is opposite of of living, of life. And so either we live or we get into evil. And uh, we're drawn one way or the other. And so I think what we're talking about is being drawn to that which induces life instead of what takes away from life. I Anyhow, that was just going through my mind as you're sharing it. Because what I hear and what you're telling us is we're being invited into a partnership, into a dance. Well, you know, we... Uh, parakles is a divine dance circle dance excuse me and I, I, I that's what i'm getting from some of what you're saying would, would that be compatible with
4: the message oh absolutely absolutely we're talking about advent and the mystery of time and mm-hmm. and what do you do with your time and the passage of time uh and if we had time to look at this in uh, greater detail uh, we look at the life of Christ and uh, talk about uh, the first coming of Christ at uh, Christmas and then the second coming of Christ, uh, whatever that particular uh, uh, belief means for you, how it embodies itself. But we, we try to measure our own lives against the lives of the life of Jesus and yes. what he did with his time.
5: Well, I would like to send an invitation out to the people that do want to know more about this because you preach on some Sundays at Trinity uh, Church, Trinity Episcopalian Church.
4: Well, ac- it's actually Holy Trinity, Trinity, Trinity. in Covina. <laughs> hey, you
5: know I'm Eastern Orthodox. I I, I don't know all your churches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky to remember yeah. where I where I live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, all I can say is Holy Trinity. It's in Covina. It's just off of Citrus and Badillo if it's, I'm correct. So uh, Badillo and Third. And third. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just giving cross reference in yep. case you come from mm-hmm. Freeway. Yep. Uh but you can hear more of this with him preaching uh, I know he's certainly worth listening to, so I hope you don't mind me throwing it in there. He, he didn't ask me to do that. He didn't even know I was going to do that.
4: Well, thank you very so. much, Father John. I'm actually blushing. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's radio. It's okay. <laughs> I'm actually a woman. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
5: <laughs> <laughs> now, Father John, I have to concentrate here. <laughs>
4: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Advent 3. Yes. Um, Happy Advantageous. Yes. yes, absolutely. Um you know, as uh, as I put these thoughts together, I uh, I recognize that Advent Two was was the uncomfortable Sunday, and and it's St. John the Baptist Sunday, so everybody expects. Well, this is going to be an uncomfortable uh, sermon because it's going to it's going to get under our skin a little bit. Uh, but uh, one one thing I like about uh, about faith traditions is that uh, faith traditions, whatever the faith tradition is, faith traditions all have one uh, goal in mind, and that is to help you become a better person. Yes. You know, they're not not out to make you a a better politician or or to join a particular political party or persuasion or point of view. All of those things are important. But ultimately, what is going to make you a better person? Right. what will make you better prepared for your own day of death? Right. Uh, I remember one, one Sunday, I was listening to a sermon. And, of course, um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a great... Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I wasn't listening to Bonhoeffer, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. <laughs> but Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a great... Uh, a German theologian during World War II, and he was actually imprisoned by the Nazis and executed. And so uh, Bonhoeffer, in many people's minds, is a martyr today. Uh, But anyway, the sermon was going on, and the woman uh, actually uh, quoted Bonhoeffer and said, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, when he was in prison, said, today is a perfectly good day to die. Yes. I have, I bet you, I have thought of that quote almost every day of my life since the day I heard that sermon. Really? And many times I find myself saying to people, you know, today is a perfectly good day to die. Mm-hmm. And people look at you, you know, like you've got seven heads, you know, like this, <laughs> this man has gone crazy. Uh, but, you, but, you know, if we don't have an attitude that today is a perfectly good day to die, then we are insecure about our dying.
5: Well, and we look at death as a finality and we don't realize it's a passing. As we say in our prayers, uh, p- particularly the Eucharistic prayers, uh, for the, at least for Roman Orthodox, I think it's even in the Episcopalian, that for us, death isn't an end, but a change.
4: Yes. Life is not ended, mm-hmm. but it is changed. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. So um, for me, uh, the pastoral element is extremely important because. Uh, it's the day-to-day, in, day-in, and day-out routines that people go through. How am I going to be a better person? Right. So uh, let's take a look at uh, Advent 3. Uh, in these uh, lessons, uh, we find John the Baptist in prison. Right. And it's very interesting we're talking about uh, 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 today could be a good day because John the Baptist was executed in prison yes. for his faith, for the position that he took. Yes you know there 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 are those of us who are martyrs, most of us will never ever come anywhere near, but we certainly can be inspired uh, but anyway, John the Baptist was in prison, and he was hearing all about the wonderful things that Jesus was doing the the teaching the miracles the uh, feeding of the uh, of the hungry, and the healing of the sick, and raising uh, the dead. All these wonderful reports are coming back to John the Baptist about Jesus. Right. And of course, John all along has understood that his own role was to be the forerunner of the Messiah who was to come. Right. So here's John in prison. You would think with all of these signs coming to him about what Jesus is doing that John would be able to easily say clearly Jesus is the Messiah it doesn't work out that way right you know something that should easily convince us of the truth we we feel we still find ourselves in a quandary but can i really commit to that mm. can i really believe that can i really trust that and you won't believe, well, you'll, you'll know the story already. Uh, John sends some of his disciples to Jesus and has them ask him, Are you the one? Now stop and think about that. Are you the one? It should be perfectly clear to John the Baptist that Jesus was the one. But somehow John had become gripped with doubt. Right. They're even cousins. Yeah. yeah. The uncertainty and doubt. And boy, over the years of my ministry and in, in sitting with people, listening to their stories, their painful stories, uh, uncertainty and doubt. Mm-hmm. I remember one time a, a, a mother in her early 40s came to me and said, Gene, uh, I think I'm supposed to be an artist. Wow. Well, she had her children to care for. She had her husband to care for. Uh, Here she is thinking about throwing all of that away to become an artist. I have to say, I really didn't know what to say to her. Sure. And, you know, just a few years later, she died, a young woman in her late 40s. Wow. And I will never, ever forget thinking to myself as a pastor, did I give her the right answer? Mm. I sort of feel like I failed her. Wow, I sort of feel that way. It brings tears to my eyes thinking about her. Her name was Ruth. And Yeah, boy, you know, when people deal with uncertainties and with their doubts, you have to be very, very kind, but you have to also give them the courage to say you've got to take the step. Right? I didn't say that to Ruth. I wish, uh, I, I always said to myself, I wish I had had the courage to encourage her to seek that gift.
5: She gave you a wonderful gift too the gift of wisdom.
4: Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. So, this, uh, this uncertainty and doubt is something that we all deal with. Yes. And we have to have courage. We have to have courage to put our hand on that door and turn the handle, open the door, and walk through. I mean, you may feel like you're going to fall off the face of the earth when you walk through that door, mm-hmm. but you've got to have the courage. And uh, part, of, uh, part of the wonderful gift of faith traditions is this gift of being able to say to people, you, you do have the resources in yourself to find the courage to do this. You've yes. got to find the courage, have courage, and uh, and conquer that uncertainty and doubt.
5: And according to our faith, we don't have to do that alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we have each other. You know, it's one of those we things, mm-hmm. but also a prayer that we're both familiar with. that says, God, remove my fear and direct my attention to what you'd have me be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what would God have us be? Happy, joyous, and free.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's John the Baptist in prison, filled with uncertainty and doubt, mm-hmm. and boy, does, is that a representation of how our lives look so much yes. uh, to us, or feels like that to us, uh, like we're in prison with our uncertainties and doubts, and God is there to uh, gently say to us, uh, it's okay. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. It's okay. Uh, w- we're going to move this forward. It's going to be Okay.
5: Absolutely. We only have a couple of minutes left.
4: Of the whole show? Yep. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, then I'll be very quick. Uh, at the very last uh, Sunday of Advent, uh, Mary is pregnant, and Joseph doesn't know what to do with her. Right. And uh, God comes to Joseph in a dream and says, Joseph, it's going to be okay. And so uh, I wonder how many times... Uh, All of us have been in a position where we've asked ourselves, how in the world could this possibly work out? How could we possibly find an answer to this unbelievably complex uh, situation, problem that we're in? And the answer to that is not found in Advent 4. It's found on Christmas Day. Yes. The birth of new life.
5: Oh, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. And that's a story of hope. Mm -hmm. My experience with hope is hope isn't to a place to get to. Hope is a place to carry us through,
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to go
5: further to that place that we're trying to get to.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been wonderful being with you again, Father John. Thank you very, very much.
5: I thoroughly enjoyed having you. I'm always thrilled that when you come on, and we're going to have to have you back because there's so much more for us to talk about. Um, we, we still have a couple minutes. Uh, I'm going to take a moment of, of selfish time. Go ahead and talk for a minute.
4: <laughs> okay, well, um, it, it, um, it's really wonderful to think that we've been given this gift of the seasons of the year uh, because they sort of carry us through. And not, not like my friend this morning, he didn't know what Advent was. Well, it's not in his tradition, right? Uh, but for those of us who do have this tradition, we are carried by this, and it's a wonderful gift.
5: Oh, that's wonderful. That's very. That's really beautiful and very enlightening, which is appropriate to the season that we are now entering. Mm-hmm. And as we get ready to and it's, how appropriate that it comes right after Thanksgiving, mm. because really, we're having the the great gift that we should all be grateful for. As I said, I I, I was going to take a moment of personal stuff. You know, I I have, I feel rather intimate relationship with my listeners. Don't want dead air. (laughs) Um, um, You know, we're a prayerful community.
4: uh courage courage have courage father john and bourbon (laughs) (laughs) Well, i didn't say that
5: (laughs) remember if you're doing numerology all good things come in fifths anyhow um we've had an honest relationship my listeners and, and myself i love what you send me and so with the um clarity of of being open uh I was diagnosed this morning with Parkinson's and a few other things, but that's one of the main ones. And the reason I share it with you is because I do ask for your prayers. Not that I'm healed from it, that's not the point of it, but I have the courage to walk with it. And I always ask you to be open with me. So so I share my tears with you. And so it's a new adventure. I've not been on this street before. So I ask you to walk it with me. I'll share this journey with you, not as a sense of selfishness. Temple
2: University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today. The Chamberlain. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.